mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything coming to you from Belfast, where I am neglecting my responsibilities as a mother and prioritizing my responsibilities as a father. I'm earning money for my family, but I have not seen my son in four days. I'm on a job right now where the agreement has been, Fred started walking, I'm pregnant, Bobby's going to stay home with Fred, and we're not going to jet him around because he's just not portable. I've had an amazing time in Belfast. Obviously, I can't tell you too much about it because you will see what happens when it comes out on television, and I have to keep all of this under wraps. I try not to share too many photos, but I have been wearing a lot of incredible local designers. My stylist, Jen mahalski Bright is just so great at sourcing these important things. Shop local if you can. I'm so lucky to highlight some of the beautiful designers that I have worn. I am trying to deal with a flat issue in the interim. I am a landlord. Evil landlord. Bobby is a landlord, but we are the good kind of landlords where, I mean, we're bad for us, good for the tenant, where we always want stuff fixed and working and perfect to a really high standard. We had a tenant who wanted a humidifier. That is not something that's our responsibility, but we loved her and we were like, yes, of course, we'll send you a humidifier. And then when you are a tenant of ours, you need something and an absolute hunk comes to your door in the form of building management, Bobby Kay. And he sorts it for you. So, I mean, the only sad thing about my last tenant, and I have discussed this, and it still breaks my heart, is that uh, they didn't like my dark Scandinavian floral wallpaper in the church. So I had to take that down. I didn't have to, but I was like, do you know what? Fine, let's do the white rental walls that everyone seems to want. And we tore it all down, even though it looked so beautiful and really went with the church. And now the flat is white and that tenant has moved out and we have new tenants moving in. We needed to do a little rehaul. We haven't been in there for a while because we had tenants and we said, oh, let's pop in, make sure all the smoke alarms and carbon monoxide alarms and everything else working, blah, blah, blah. And I just, I can't tell you how much I love that church. That church is the first flat property like that I ever owned And Violet and I bought that. Uh, I put my offer in the night before the Brexit vote was announced. So this would have been like 2015-16. And when I woke up in the morning, the votes had been counted. We had voted for Brexit in the UK and everything plummeted immediately. 
That's not to say, you know, that I think breakfast, breakfast, Brexit was like a total disaster. It seems right now like there are a lot of articles about like, hey, actually being hungry is quite good for you. Don't knock it till you've tried it. Fasting's perfect. And like if something has mold, you can still eat it. And you don't need to drink as much water as scientists say. Like I'm noticing that there are a lot of dystopian news articles as, you know, the economy's crashed and breakfast. Why do I keep calling it breakfast? I used to edit this podcast and now I'm like, Catherine, you give the people the straight exactly how you say it the first time. And they, <laughs> I just can't bring myself to say Brexit because when it was announced that the UK had voted to leave the EU, the pound plummeted, housing prices plummeted, everything. And I got a call from the sellers being like, yep, we accept your offer. And I was like, ugh. And I didn't really know the rules. I didn't know that I could renegotiate. I could be like, well, hang on. In light of new circumstances, I'm going to offer you a bit less now. I just wanted to live in that beautiful 16th century Gothic church conversion with Violet. And we had very happy few years there before we moved into the house with Bobby, we started to grow our family. I loved, loved, loved that church. I still do, but I kind of think I got hustled on it now. I didn't know about purchasing property. And I hope that if you are in a position to buy your first property, which let's be honest, not a lot of people are with what's going on. But if you are happen to be a young single mom like I was, and you're like, well, I mean, I wasn't that young. I didn't buy property till I was in my 30s. But I mean, I just didn't know what to do. So I hired this woman that I knew from the school run. She's really nice. I like her a lot. She is like a property liaison. So in Canada, you will have your own realtor. I think this is the rule in America too. And your realtor helps you find properties, advocates for you, does all the paperwork, all the legal stuff. In the UK, you can just walk into a property that's for sale and their realtor can negotiate for you. So you don't even need a realtor. You can use the same one and you get a lawyer and you get surveyors and everybody to look over the documents in the in the flat and make sure everything's like, you know, up to code, everything else, council approved permission, planning, all this business. But I was like, oh, it feels like unsafe for me to be navigating this all by myself. So you get like a property concierge. That's what this woman did for a living. I said, all right, you facilitate the buying of this property. And I just walked in with a bunch of money and I was like, house, please. Like I wanted to live in the church. So I trusted her to like advise me on negotiating a good deal, do all the legal stuff, rah, rah, rah. So I was looking at the deed the other day, just going over things before the new tenants came in. And like, I don't even think I own this church. It was like a freehold signed over to me as a leasehold, which is a type of ownership where you could own it for like 400 years, but you don't own it outright till the end of time. Freehold, you own it. Leasehold, you have it for a period. And I was like, wait a minute. And the people on the freehold were other parents from the school run. So I ring the mom up and I was like, hang on, did I buy a leasehold off you? Are you my freeholder? Because I wanted to change something. And the property management of the church was like, you need permission from the freeholder. I'm like, isn't that me? It's not me. And she said, well, you should own a share of the freehold. That's the deal for everyone in the church. You should own a share of the freehold. And also, this is so sad. I paid more for my flat in the church in 2015-16 than anyone 
has still to this day paid for their flat in the church. And it's gone up like nothing in the last five years, six years, seven years. So, I mean, I got a bad deal, I think. And I don't even think I'm on the freehold. I think I'm just a, like, loser leaseholder. What the hell has happened? And this woman is smart, and it's what she does for a living, and I'm sure it's fine, but, like, we got a lawyer, and we did all the things, and I got a mortgage company to look like I didn't just buy this church flat at a taco stand. But why am I a leaseholder and everybody else has a share of the freehold? And then why, when I want to get new tenants, am I having to talk to the management company about asking the free? I just don't understand the world. There are too many tricks and rules and rich people running things. And I'm not trying to be, I've trust me when I tell you I have made zero cash as a landlord. That is a first in London. It shouldn't happen in London. There are slum lords making money hand over fist. I've got this beautiful flat that I'm constantly renovating to people's unique specifications, buying them humidifiers. It's filled with like marble and countertops and like fully designed bathrooms by me with the best fixtures. I put the best of the best in that flat. Bobby's constantly over there gardening, like beads of gorgeous sweat dripping off his abs. It's a dream flat. Maybe I'll move back there if I even own it. Uh, I meant to speak last week or the week before about all the crazy stuff going on with certain male comedians and male singers. And I don't mean to put these all in the same pile. They have similarities, but also differences. Some are breaking the law. Some appear to not be breaking the law. But there have been a lot of rumors and chat and revelations, I guess. Some substantiated, some just allegations. So don't even try to sue this podcast. Crystalia had some allegations from women against him. There were there was talk that he was messaging younger women inappropriately. There was talk now that he had some relationships that were coercive controlling relationships. There is a comedian from America who posts her conversations with other women who've been allegedly with Crystalia and they detail their experience. And I, you know, I've only met Crystalia maybe a handful of times, uh, not in any like friendly way, twice, twice. I bumped into him. I wouldn't even call it met. I would say it was a brief hello. So I don't know any of this, but like it just seems like all of the stories of these women who are coming forward to discuss their experiences. Now, the, their experiences are not necessarily illegal, but there have been other allegations of illegal activity that have not been proven yet. These allegations, though, seem so similar. There's like such a pattern of uh, dominance and coercive control and text messages. And I, I don't know why these men are so allegedly stupid as to allegedly incriminate themselves all the time. But you can you can find it and judge for yourself. A lot of this is being posted over the last few weeks. Women who were like, oh, uh, and, and you know, the, it seems to be a certain type of woman. A certain, I hate to say it because it's absolutely not their fault, but a very 
sexually confident, sexually voracious, sometimes a sex worker, a woman who's also got a vulnerability about her that I feel like becomes a target for alleged men like this because when they come forward, they're easy to discredit. You go, oh, don't believe her. Look at her. Like she's got her face is covered in tattoos and she's a sex worker. So why would you believe her? Well, I believe these women and they're all telling the same story. And there's one woman in particular who says, he reached out to me. Um, I was an OnlyFans creator and he wanted to pay me to humiliate his friend and do these sex acts and make a sex tape with his friend. And God, I mean, I'm not going to get too far into it, like for legal reasons. I don't know if any of this happened, but there are so many mounting accusations. Like I said, some creepy and some illegal, if true. And these comedians just, it doesn't really get investigated. It doesn't really get discussed. These comedians still just get booked and booked and booked. And I think it's quite serious when you have allegations of especially a younger woman uh, being taken advantage of. I think that needs to be like something that is prioritized by comedy bookers. And no, I'm not saying you should cancel someone without proof. I know you can't do that. But should we not take some time and look into this? a little bit more because it seems like it's not one or two and all of these things once they are proven everybody goes oh yeah we knew that everybody knew about that it's like okay well why did it take 20 years to do anything about it dane cook is another one who just baffles me and what's funny is their material is very similar very like geared toward a justin bieber audience very like teenage friendly and and also I've noticed when they talk about women they never say women on stage they don't go oh you know when you're with a woman or women always do this and they say girls you know when you're dating girls and you're really girls it's like you use the word woman Dane Cook a couple of weeks ago when was this early August announced that he is now engaged to his girlfriend of five years. I don't know if everybody knows this or if it's just like a comedy community thing that's like extra promoted to me because I'm a comedian. But she's 23 years old. Gorgeous little thing. Would love to help her out with some babysitting work or dog walking job. She's so cute and seems like a nice girl. But he goes, oh, my longtime partner, Kelsey, long time. Hang on. If she's 23 and you're 50, Dane Cook is 50. For those of you who don't know who he is, he was in films. He had a real moment where he was like this big comedian touring arenas and everything else. He's still doing comedy, but on a lesser scale, but he has a loyal fan base. He was a superstar for a minute. And he's like, this is my long term girlfriend. Now we're engaged Long-term mate better not be more than five years or it is absolutely illegal. And it's not. It's not illegal to date an 18-year-old girl. Woman, if you want to use that word, and I use it loosely, because your brain is still developing when you're 18. You can't rent a car when you're 18 because car rental companies have figured out that your frontal lobe is not fully formed until you're about 25. But for some reason, there's a whole 
demographic of men who can't figure this out. And they think they're clever and they go, well, it's not illegal to fuck a 19-year-old girl, even though I'm 45. You're right, but you deserve to be mocked ruthlessly for it because it is fucking pathetic at best. So we look into this Dane Cook thing further. There is a writer on Instagram, and I just started following her, but I know she's always deep diving into these very interesting things. Her name is Tracy with an I-E, Egan Morrissey. Tracy, I-E, Morrissey, like Morrissey. She, I don't know if she like how her focus, where her focus comes from. I don't know. Maybe she lives in America and she's allowed to smoke cannabis and she just spends the night like deep diving on any subject that she's interested in. And she posts very, very interesting and compelling stories. She decided to have a look at this Dane Cook thing. So, all right, Dane's been dating this teenage girl and I've seen a few comedians laugh about it over the last five years. Sure. He's been dating her since she was 18. And I love this as well. Oh, the magical day of her 18th birthday. And not a moment before did I start having romantic intentions for this young woman. Dane Cook proudly posts group photos of games nights that he would have at his house. He would invite like certain celebrities, other comedians, and just have these game nights, which seems innocent. You're allowed to have a game night at your house. Fine. But all of these games nights were populated by teenage girls, some as young as 14. And the first time this new fiance, his long-term girlfriend, Kelsey, was photographed at one of these game nights, she was 17. Now I'm going to say something that if taken out of context sounds really bad. But if you look at the whole Epstein, Ghislaine, Maxwell thing, It would start with like a friendly woman or a group of girls bringing in more girls. This is very Epstein-y. The difference being so far, there's just fun and games, you know, being had at these parties. It doesn't show that any of these women are being abused. I'm not saying that any sexual stuff was happening with these women. So like it's far from Epstein-y in that case. But you know what I mean? It's just very weird to have a gathering of like 45-year-old men with all these young teenage girls. It's like a specific thing that isn't illegal. Like I said, I keep having to say because, you know, it's treacherous territory. But like, it's just why? Why? Like, I'm 39. I can think of nothing worse than surrounding myself with a bunch of like 14, 15-year-old boys for entertainment like oh boys do you want to come to my house and play clue oh let's have a a game of snakes and ladders at mine why and I know why because there is this overreaching thing in our society where there's an age of like post pubescent but like pre fully developed womanhood girl and I use the term girl because that's what they are that loads of narcissistic but also very insecure like weird specific type of men gravitate toward and what the fuck is wrong with famous men that they think they're so untouchable that they're like oh yeah I'm gonna hang out with teenage girls all the time and and that'll be cool and no one's ever gonna think that's weird or make fun of me or nothing's gonna backfire and I just think 
Like, why? I don't understand how someone could be stupid enough to put themselves in this position anyway. I'm not talking about the girls. I'm talking about the men. If I, anyone at this party, all right, Dane Cook is the 50-year-old engaged to a 23-year-old. She's a woman. Yes, I get that. But she was first there when she was 17, 17, and she wasn't the only one. It's not like, oh, I hang out with lots of different people and adults my own age, but this one 17-year-old happened to be such an outstanding genius and a soulmate of mine that, you know, I was put off by her age when I met her at my games night. But then, you know, a few years went by. She's 18. And then I think, well, yeah, maybe it could be romantic, even though it is sick. No, there's none of that. He made a habit of surrounding himself exclusively, it seems, by these parties with teenage girls. So Tracy Morrissey uh, goes on to write, because she's been, she's combed through this Instagram. He very helpfully tags all the people in these pictures that he posts of his games nights. Cook frequently posted group photos of the attendees of his game night parties, evidence which Morrissey used to track who attended the parties and how old they were when they did. Morrissey noted that Taylor first appears, this is his fiance, um, first appears in one of these photos with Cook on October 8th, 2016, several weeks before she turned 18. Oh, she pointed out shots of actress Saxon Page Charbino from who's that? That's a great name. Saxon Page Charbino from when she was 16, including individual photos of her and Cook when she was 15. So this one girl, Saxon, was at a party, but then in other Instagram posts, he's just like hanging out with her. He's like, oh, coolest girl ever. Like, what the hell are you doing? Unless she is your friend's daughter and you're posting as a favor. I cannot tell you how swiftly I would murder these men if I ever found Violet having a party with them. Like it would be curtains. King's sister, five years her senior, was also in attendance. One photo showed actress Emily Allen Lind at one of his parties when she was 14, according to Morrissey. In it, she stands in the group alongside Dane Cook, who has his arm around her shoulder. There's no suggestion of impropriety or wrongdoing on Cook's part, and he has yet to comment on Morrissey's allegations against him. So again, we're not saying that the men at these parties are banging these girls. You know, I, I think like gentlemen, they wait until their 18th birthday or whatever. But it, I'm sorry, it's just so weird. Yeah, and he calls this Saxon Page his homegirl. Oh, yeah, he's like hanging out. In many photos, hanging out with 15, 16-year-old girls. Bella Thorne was also there. She's 18 in those photos. I know that we use words like pedophile to describe the very sick and wrong uh, attraction of like small children. And I know there are words for pubescent age group attraction and then also the, the period that we're talking about now women but like very teenage weird stage women there's a name for that I don't want to google it because I don't want that hell on my phone but these men even though they're not breaking the law it's a weird it's a weird thing it makes me sick and I think my responsibility in it is just to hammer the point home because I have been one of these young girls invited to these parties I have seen the way a certain type of man used to look at me when I was 16, 17. Uh, I was with a 31-year-old when I was 17. And let me tell you, he was 
absolutely the biggest fucking loser in Sarnia. But I felt like chosen for some reason. I felt really cool. Like, oh, like he'll intimidate the other boys my own age who broke my heart. I'm so cool because I have a boyfriend who has a child. <laughs> like I was a, he could not have been more of a loser. The first clue that the man you're with is a loser is if you're in high school and he is over 30. That is a huge red flag. No, he has not like picked you exclusively because you're so mature. Uh, I know it's like exciting to date someone who is close to death, but you just like, you got to stay away from these men. This Kelsey girl. Okay. Maybe the two of them, it's going to work because they love each other. They're getting married. They've made it five years already, but still her brain is not done growing. Her whole like adult life, she's been with this man since she was 18 years old. All right, maybe he's the love of her life. Fine. But doesn't she think it's creepy that like, oh, we always hung out with teenage girls. And one day I'm not going to be a teenage girl anymore. And is he still going to love me then? Or does he have a thing for hanging out with like 18 year old women? And then, of course, R. Kelly's in the news again. And now, and this is illegal. This is where it crosses the line and it's super illegal, is his goddaughter has come out and said that they were in a sexual relationship since she was 14. His goddaughter. What spell did R. Kelly have where he bewitched these poor young girls? He was very controlling narcissistic they thought they were being submissive they would get their friends involved they would recruit more women because they wanted to please him see this is the problem this is why I think we should ridicule these men who may not be breaking the law because there is a pattern of like oh you are a young moldable brain and this can happen with a man your own age this can happen when you're 50 this can happen to men as well this can happen to anyone but you are so much more vulnerable to having it happen when someone is in his 40s or famous and you are a teenager. I do not understand how the whole world does not identify that immediately as a red flag. So if you are a young person who listens to my podcast or you are vulnerable and you feel like there is a person, usually but not always a man, who is love bombing you, showing you lots of affection or hanging out exclusively with only teenagers your age and then trying to get you to do things that you're like, oh, I don't really know what's normal yet. So maybe, yes, maybe I maybe I will invite my friend over to fuck him as well. I, no, I just hope you listen to me when I tell you no, no, no. If anything makes you feel uncomfortable in the slightest way, and it's fucked. And even if someone makes you feel amazing, like this Kelsey girl who's marrying Dane Cook, maybe he has always been amazing to her. There are no reports or like rumors or allegations, I don't think, that I've heard ever of him being like unkind or like a weird sex pest. Like there are honestly about a lot of comedians. Just that he hangs out with teenage girls, which is sad, really. It's a real like Michael Jackson <laughs> syndrome about like his materials for teenagers. He dresses like a teenager. He hangs out with teenagers. Fine. He's got a separate Peter Pan issue. And I'm not saying he's breaking the law, but that doesn't stop me from making fun of him 
Like, dude, what the fuck are you doing having exclusively old men and exclusively teenage girls at your game nights and posting about it? Being like, here I am with my homegirl who's 16 years old. Wow. And also to any men who are at those parties, you are just as much of a loser. Let's say I'm a 45-year-old man and I go to my friend Dane's house because Dane Cook seems like a nice guy and he's very successful in comedy. Maybe I'm trying to get into comedy and I look up to him in a way, God knows why. And I go to his house and I go, hang on a sec. I look around and I say, why are all these teenage girls here? I would not stay. I would not stay and happily pose in the Instagram photo, even if nothing sexual was happening. Even if these girls were just like talking, I don't think I could listen to their voices for more than five minutes. I would go, this is fucking weird. Why don't we know women our age? And I would leave. And now I know that there will be people listening go, you're jealous, Catherine. You just want to be a sexy 17 year old girl and get invited to Dane Cook's parties. I already did that. Not Dane Cook's parties specifically, but like other old men. And that is why I can tell you with absolute certainty what fucking losers they are and how you cannot be hanging around with them. Oh, but they can get me into... No, not worth it. Before you know it, if you're one of the unlucky ones, you'll be brainwashed and you'll be in a coercive controlling situation that you can't get out of. Maybe you'll get lucky. Maybe the love of your life is someone like Dane Cook and he's going to treat you well forever. Maybe, but more likely not. As for Crystalia, all these rumors from women, some of the women I know, talking about his, where, however he wants to be sexually, whatever's going on with him. I don't know about any of that. I've been reading the tweets and screen grabs of text with great interest. I don't know how this comedian's able to even tweet it because legally there's no proof that these texts are coming from crystalia i don't know what kind of person he is but my instinct tells me he's an asshole do i know that he's broken the law no but there's a pattern i feel like in comedy especially sexually of like some guys not all of them like god i don't have to say again how many guys in this industry i love but there's a weird thing with entertainers for some reason that they want to dominate that they want to have like multiple partners and that those partners should be like young and in awe of them. And I think that is always a bad setup. That's why you can always trust going to a female comedian's show because the last thing we're trying to do is fuck you. We just want to make the last train so that we can get home to our own children. If you would like to babysit them, that is all we're interested in you for. Let's listen to some messages from our sponsors now. And when we return... I will give you more advice in your letters. If you'd ever like to write me a letter, the address for that is telling everybody everything at gmail.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, shit. Catherine, my partner, with whom I have two children, has struck up an online relationship with somebody he's been playing against on the app Scrabble Go. Seriously, is there anywhere men won't try to get their end away? Their conversation moved next to Google Chat, where pictures were exchanged, and he, pathetically and desperately, has been hassling her to take their relationship to the next level. Eventually, she ignored him, and there hasn't been any communication that I know of in a while. What should I do? We're supposed to be exchanging on a house this month. Oh, good. Should I confront him or leave it? Should I leave him? I'm stunned and I feel humiliated and I can't help but think this is probably just the tip of the iceberg. I've been having dreams that he was chatting to someone online and I'm glad I trusted my instincts. Oh my god. I accused someone of cheating on me once and I said that I was having dreams and he was like, wow, how'd you know? But like really I had been through all his shit and I just didn't want him to know I'd been snooping. So I was like, I just had a dream and like magically guessed this thing. And he confessed because he's dumb. Uh, Well, you can't just leave it because it's going to eat away at you. You know this thing now. You've seen it. Um, So you have to confront him at the very least. You don't always have to leave a cheater though. Um, Depending on who you are. I know that some people, especially, you know, with children or very firm beliefs about commitment and marriage or firm beliefs about buying property together, some people can get past these things and grow. And some people do make one mistake and, you know, relationships get stale. I never would have believed this when I was younger, but I've seen now a lot of people in long-term relationships and Sometimes these bumps in the roads happen and people get over them. I personally could not. I think I could try and then I would just be like, no, this is driving me insane. I can't. But you know yourself. So I think my advice would be absolutely you have to confront him. It doesn't need to be in a real Jeremy Kyle blowout necessarily. You need to make sure the children are protected from this confrontation. I don't know how old they are, but they can't be around obviously. Um, I think in my position, I just wouldn't play games. I would go, look, I felt like something was wrong. I followed my instincts and I looked in your shit. I know that we shouldn't look in each other's shit, but I'm glad I did because that trust was gone and I proved myself right that you were chatting to this woman. I know all about it and I'm going to have a hard time respecting you again After I saw you pathetically like ask her to take it to the next level and she sort of rejected you. That was humiliating, wasn't it, bro? And then see what he says. Like I I would just lay it all on the table and be like, I know about this. And then yeah, I think you're going to have to base your next reaction on what he says, how he responds. And only you know your husband. Like he could start crying. They mostly, a lot of them cry and it doesn't mean anything. But some of them 
it, it'll be genuine and see if he goes, yeah, I've been really unhappy and I reached out, you know, I needed some spice in my life. I met this person on Scrabble Go. She's like amazing with cues and um, we hit it off and I love her. You know, you just don't know what he's going to say. Or he could be like, God, I made a huge mistake and like it'll never happen again. And I'm willing to prove it to you in the following ways and re-earn your trust and go to therapy or do this and that. Move on like fresh start in the new house and and here's what I've learned and here's why I won't do it again. You know, like I don't know what he's going to say and you don't know what he's going to say, but will you please keep us posted? You have to confront him. You can't just swallow this and act like it didn't happen. What is wrong with British people? Write me again telling everybody everything at gmail.com please let us know how it went do it in your own time not for my benefit but you're gonna have to confront him and tell me what he says next and we'll take it from there this letter is called forcing children to visit family Catherine, i've been with my partner for 20 years and we have a teenage daughter months ago my partner told our daughter she was going to his dad's house for the day for lunch or whatever and then she came to me and she said she didn't want to I spoke with my partner and asked that he asked her in future, given that she doesn't feel comfortable telling him what she would like to do. A week ago, he told her she was going to his dad's house again. She told me, and I then gave her the choice. She said she didn't want to go. I've since had phone calls and disgusting messages from his dad's side of the family, sharing their disgust at me for not supporting my partner and forcing my daughter to visit his dad's house. So what's confusing me is you keep calling your daughter's grandfather your husband's dad. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Your your partner is, is her father. You've been together for 20 years and this is a teenager. Assuming this is her father and her father is asking her to go to her grandfather's house so his dad I understand but calling him his dad is confusing me all the time there's a lot of dads in this and it's turning me on all right so his father her grandfather she doesn't want to visit her grandfather right so you've since had disgusting phone calls from the grandfather's side of the family because they're not supporting your husband in forcing your daughter to visit the dad's house especially given family had traveled far to visit people the family do not contact my daughter. Birthdays have now been forgotten. And you just want someone's point of view who's not involved in the matter. What the fuck? I mean, I you can't. Ugh. No teenager wants to visit their grandparent for a little brief period in their lives. Right? And unless there's a reason why she feels unsafe visiting her granddad or like there's something toxic with this family which it sounds like now they're sending you phone calls and disgusting messages I don't think she should have to go visit her grandparents all the time or every weekend you know she's 15 or 14 whatever she wants to do other things it's probably boring as hell over there but I would sit with my daughter and remind her like look and why aren't you going over there what's going on in this family why can't the whole family go to see the grandparents together sometimes but not all the time like it's important to keep lines of communication open because he's gonna die soon that's what I would say I'd be like he's gonna die any minute and you will feel sad if you can't just reach out and talk to him anymore and doesn't she love her granddad wouldn't she like to see him I used to go to my granddad's house with my girlfriends when I was 14 uh 15 maybe 16 even after my grandma passed 
she passed when I was 15. So yeah. And my granddad was all alone and he was an alcoholic, but we would go to his house and visit him and have a laugh with him. And, you know, sometimes he was a bit odd. And then we would go back to my friend's house. My friend happened to live right across the road from my granddad, but we had a good relationship. And back then it was cool to wear these like old man cardigans and he would let us like borrow his cardigans and feed us Oreo cookies. And sometimes we'd steal some of his alcohol. We had a great relationship. I think your daughter is doing herself a disservice if there's nothing wrong with this man and she's just refusing to see him outright and it's causing a big rift in the family. Should she be forced to go there all the time? No, that's a drag. So just talk to her and be like, you got to know your granddad a bit and you should go there too. Ooh, a property question. Catherine, you said you should create your own home before relying financially on a partner. I'm a 31-year-old woman who's been with my 30-year-old partner for nearly 10 years. We live on the outskirts of London. Throughout our relationship, he has always earned more than me. His parents also have money to spare, whereas mine don't. His parents have offered us a significant sum of money to get ourselves onto the property ladder. This would be a gift that we do not have to repay. We would, of course, still need a mortgage, which we would pay off together. I'm struggling emotionally with this, as it means I don't have complete financial independence. I worry that it means I'll be trapped and could be locked into a situation that's too difficult to get out of. No, babe, that's him. I adore my partner, but committing to a property together plagues my mind. Am I just a commitment phobe having come from a broken home, or is this genuinely something that should worry me? I want to own a property, but I definitely cannot afford it on my own. I don't have any savings for a deposit. What should I do? You should buy the house. Buy the house. Make sure you are a freeholder, not a leaseholder. So wait a minute. I think I would talk to your partner and just, I mean, okay, it's not like there's just this guy. You've been together for 10 years. It really feels like by now, this is a pretty solid relationship. You guys are 30. You're probably in a position where you're thinking about moving forward in your lives. That either means buying a house or getting a dog or like even having some children. I don't know. But his parents want to make this investment because they can. And don't forget that they purchased their homes for like 11 chickens when they did. And now they're multimillionaires because that's how the world used to work. And it doesn't work like that now. And you will never get on the property ladder without them. Yes, said so yourself. So I think you've been fucking their son for a solid decade and you deserve their money. You love him. They probably think of you as their daughter already. Um, you guys aren't married, but maybe I would... Maybe and not in like a romantic sense, because I don't believe you have to get married and you don't even, you know, legally have to be civil partners to buy this house together. But maybe you would feel more secure with an extra layer of legal commitment to this home if you were like, well, let's we'll accept it. Say to your partner, like, maybe it's best if we accept this as a wedding present and we get married and then we buy this house together so that it's really ours, because otherwise... I feel like even though we're in this together and we both work hard and we're both going to pay down the mortgage, I feel a little insecure about the fact that this is your parents' money and you earn more than me and I could just not really have a stake in what I want to be an equal home. So maybe 
You know what I mean? Because then it's a property that is a marital asset. And if it all goes to shit, you have to split it evenly. I think you would probably have to split it anyway, but I don't really know the legality of like a gift from his parents. They could argue that that was a gift to him. I don't know, girl. I think get married. I do. And have that chat. And then at least it puts the chat like right out in the open so everyone can see what you're worried about. And you're being clear, like the the worst thing you can do is just stew on this or like turn down the money so you guys have to keep living, like renting a flat that's not moving forward. You do want to move forward as a couple, presumably. You just want to keep yourself safe in doing so. And, you know, you bring value to the relationship that's not money. Like I earn more money than my husband does, but everything we have is ours and he puts loads of work in that I can't because I'm out doing something else and I consider us to be equals in that way and I think like just the way we are I I think it would be crazy uh, to say that Bobby feels any insecurity about that at this point he I never hold it over I never come in the house and go all right all of you I earn all the money you know it's it's not like that once you're in a family everything becomes so equal you wouldn't believe it so I mean I think get that legal layer of protection before you buy this house so that it's equally yours talk a lot about equality and get that dog well 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 last week I was talking about deep plane facelifts among other things I believe I have no evidence uh, that is firm I have no confirmation but I believe that the new thing celebrities are doing as the BBL Brazilian butt lift dies out is the deep plane facelift. It's different from a regular facelift. It like lifts the ligaments and stuff. And I'm seeing a lot of snatched jawlines. And it riles me when people online go, that's makeup contouring, Catherine. That's from filler, Catherine. That's just from this. No, it's not lasers. It's not filler. It's not Botox. It's not thread thread lifts it's nothing but a deep plane facial in my opinion facelift so what no this is not the guy okay someone's emailed me and they've gone this is the guy for deep plane facelifts his name's dr nyack plastic surgery and then they've got a girl on the cover who's beautiful of the the website homepage, and then it says model not an actual patient well that is a red flag for a start use an actual patient if you can deep plane extended facelift but this doctor's in st louis missouri and i just kind of don't believe that the best doctor for this is in st louis missouri Ooh, all right here are some actual pace patient facelift and neck lift before and afters and they look good but i mean okay what is a deep plane facelift in contrast to a traditional facelift in which the skin is pulled tight over the face's aging underlying structure, a deep plane extended facelift adjusts the deeper tissues in the face for more comprehensive and natural looking results. Hmm. A deep plane fully releases and passively repositions the underlying tissues of the face to restore their youthful positions without imposing additional strain on the skin or muscles. This approach allows for powerful results without the overly stretched or done appearance of a facelift. No. So why does he have so many models, not actual patients on his page? No, I don't believe that this is the guy. 
He looks very talented, but I don't think this is the one. Thank you for your intel. You're a talented man, Dr. Nyack. But I just don't know if you're the guy. All right, I'll do some more digging. I'll find out if I think this is the guy. But let me just stress enough. I am even too young to be having this facelift or even thinking about it. None of you need a facelift. We don't need these snatched jawlines. will probably go out of fashion like the BBL has. We got a lot of people with huge asses who went to Turkey and who are feeling regretful about it now because they're like, oh, wait a minute. This isn't in fashion anymore. Your body is not a trend. I talk about surgery. I talk about all this stuff. I find it fascinating. But the older I get, you know, I'm reminded Oh, God, would I really risk my life when I have three kids and go under the knife to, like, do something and waste the money that I'm meant to be saving for their university? Oh, to be honest, I probably will. Yeah. Oh, no, this is a doozy to end the episode. Catherine, oh, no, there are photos attached. What is this going to be? Oh, no, it's a photo of the baby. Oh, my God, Fred has that onesie. All right. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, Catherine, when I was nearly eight months pregnant with my very wanted IVF baby, I found out my husband had been cheating. He had been seeing sex workers for mostly hand jobs regularly during our three-year marriage. Wild the number of people who do not consider a happy ending cheating. Culminating in an affair with one woman when I was five months pregnant. He admitted everything because he was being blackmailed by this woman. He had already given her tens of thousands of pounds, but eventually had to tell me. During our marriage, we had problems in our sex life. He admitted it was an issue and to do with his mental health problems, but more often he would blame me and say that it's because I'd put weight on and he just wasn't attracted to me. So when all this came out, I kicked him out of the house immediately, and I hardly saw him till after the baby was born. He has since been in rehab for sex and alcohol addiction and is full of guilt and apologies and wants me back. I've done some couples therapy with him, and I've been working on trying to co-parent since then. But I'm done with the relationship, and I'm definitely getting a divorce. My ex has already started being difficult about access and trying to see the baby and take him more than I'm comfortable with. Oh, God. I want it to be easy and a good arrangement, but I feel like when I give an inch, she tries to take a mile. I've had some legal advice, but the dread of having to share my boy with this man forever is getting to me. I have a great family and friends support system, and we had quite a lot of money, so I hope I'll be able to stay in our house. I'm already in such a lucky position for a single mom, but obviously not what I planned when I got pregnant. Any advice or encouragement would be much appreciated. Oh my God. Jesus. This is my worst nightmare. Like, (sighs) because... Of course, he wants access to his son um, or daughter. It doesn't say if this is a little boy or girl, does it? But I just feel like even Bobby, like, who's a great dad, he understands. Like, he said, oh, when they're really small, they need to be with their mom. Like, I think this baby is small. For him to be like, I'm going to take the baby, I'm gonna, I'd be like, no, I don't think a court, first of all, courts take ages, Uh, Child maintenance courts are separate from child contact um, courts, but still it takes ages. So, I mean, he could fight you on it if he wants, but when a baby is small, especially, he shouldn't be taking the baby away from you that much. He should be in contact, but there are extenuating circumstances where he's caused you a lot of pain and grief. I think 
I don't know because I'm not a lawyer, but I think it would help your cause that he is very recently in rehab for sex and alcohol addiction, which of course we all hope he gets better. Like I never want anyone to be sick. It is a disease, but even he should appreciate that he might not exactly be the safest guardian for a small baby right now while he works through these issues. And I think your end goal, of course, is to co-parent with him successfully, but you need to draw a hard line right now with that baby. This man, and you do need, I'm glad you have money because you are going to need legal representation to protect you and that baby from him pushing back. And then you can get over this hump and have a good co-parenting relationship. But for now, dig your heels in and be like, this is a small baby and you can see him when I say, And if you don't agree with me, you can fight me for it. And he knows that, you know, right now is not the best time for him to be kicking up a legal fuss like that. He needs to work on himself. And it's further proof, though. I think my encouragement to you would be his behavior right now saying, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to get back together. I'm going to go to rehab. I'm going to go to couples counseling. He doesn't mean it. Because if he really meant it and he wanted to work on himself and get back together with you and be the husband and father that you both deserve... He wouldn't be pushing you so hard about the baby. He would go, when I said I was sorry and I had problems, I meant it. So I'm going to step aside and give you space to let me know when is appropriate to come around. And you're being reasonable. It's not like you're like icing him out of the baby's life. And as he proves himself more and more and gets well, then of course he'll have more access. So I mean, I think... Good for you for not taking him back because he's obviously not really aware of how bad his problem was if he's trying to be alone with a small baby and piss you off still. And um, you will have a really shit year of figuring out this co-parenting thing. It's going to be really stressful and shit year. One year. And then it will start to get better. Magically, it will start to get better and the fog will lift And you and your husband will find a place of friendship where you forgive him, truly forgive him. You don't have any more anger or resentment. And hopefully he'll get better and your baby will have a wonderful life. So I'm sorry that you got cheated on, but you did the right thing and you're doing the right thing still. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Telling Everybody Everything. If you ever want to email me, the address is tellingeverybodyeverything at gmail.com. You can email me comments questions a lot of you emailed me this week in reaction to last week about always taking your husband's name i'm so happy to see that many of you take like a whole new name or you keep your name or you take your husband's name but at least you've discussed it and you've thought about it and you're not with the kind of man who's like never would i take your name so i love to also read your reactions to the podcast too thank you so much and i'll see you next week Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com